1: To another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. Corey Yelland is back. As a matter of fact, I think today she's returning from Prague, where she was uh, a guest speaker at the Cannifest Prague 2016. Today we have two people in studio. One is Jason, one is Jane. They prefer not to use their last names, which is fine. And we're going to be discussing an issue which is prominent with many, many people. I would say millions of people. And it is irritable bowel, colitis, Crohn's, all that thing rolled into one. Jason, what exactly do you have?
2: I have ulcerative colitis.
1: Ulcerative colitis. Mm -hmm. And explain what that is to folks who may not be familiar with it.
2: I guess it would fall under the irritable bowel disease as opposed to irritable bowel syndrome classification, and it would be shared with Crohn's. Uh, It is very similar to Crohn's, uh, slightly different. Crohn's affects the whole digestive system from lips to anus, so to
1: speak. From top to bottom. Yes. Uh,
2: Whereas I am fortunate that uh, it supposedly, anyhow, I can't see inside my body but this is what I've been told by doctors that are smarter about these things than I am supposedly Uh, well definitely in that case Um, it affects the lower the colon and the lower um, intestines and it uh, basically is inflammation Uh, my body is attacking itself there is no official cause for it at least not uh, from the western world It tends to strike people generally roughly, from what I've heard, around 30 years of age. But, you know, the younger people obviously get it. And I got a little bit older than that. Not to say how old I am. And the symptoms, which are, you know, it's not the most pleasant thing. But uh, you get um, frequent bloody diarrhea, abdominal pain, um, sometimes nausea. Uh, Mm -hmm. You tend to lose your appetite, and you can lose weight, and you just all around do not feel very good. How long have you had it? Uh, I was officially diagnosed with acute colitis. That was the first time, and that's why we called it acute. Now it's no longer. In December of 2013, I went to the hospital for about a week. I went down to about 125 pounds. I wasn't doing very well. When I went to the hospital, uh, I was a guy, and I basically kind of... When the symptoms happened, I kept it to myself, as I tend to do with a lot of things. A lot of guys do that, don't they? Yeah, it's pretty common, apparently. And, uh, you know, I'm doctor adverse, and, you know, I want to stay healthy, so stay out of the hospital, right? And, uh, you know, and so when I started having these issues, I just kind of thought they would go away, because I've had other issues in my life, like most people, and, you know, they mostly just go away. This one didn't, and it kept getting worse and worse and worse, and it finally got to the point where I had to seek medical attention. And I went to a walk-in clinic, and it didn't really work out that well. They just kind of shined me on. And my wife, who normally would be my nurse in these matters, happened to be away at the time on a family visit, and so she was not aware of it, and I just kept going, getting worse, and I decided to stop eating because eating was not my friend. And I thought that, uh, you know, I would save energy on my digestion and things like that. And afterwards, I heard I learned that that was one of the worst things I could do was to stop eating. And that, you know, you lose weight and you get uh, very fatigued. You get pain because of the frequent bowel movements. You know, it just never lets up. You get spasms. And uh, yeah, it's just very unpleasant. And so by the time that my wife came back and we went and and then of course uh, I did have a family doctor wonderful doctor who's actually since retired unfortunately but uh, when he was gone on vacation so we went back to the dock in the box uh, walk-in medical clinic and again I didn't really get a satisfactory answer they're just blood tests and you know come back you know in another week if you still have the problem kind of thing and then uh, when my family doctor finally did come back uh, you know, he took one look at me, and, you know, he... Well, he did more than take one look at me. He asked me a bunch of questions, wrote down stuff, weighed me. He um, gave me a digital exam. Oh, if those you, things, yep. <laughs> yeah. I've yep. never had one before, and... Uh, <laughs> They're not pleasant, are they? No, it's especially not when you're in full inflammation mode. Yeah. And in the lower colon area. And, yeah, it, I jumped out of my skin. And he basically, you know... He had seen enough. He said, all right, you're a very sick man. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Pack your bags. I'm calling the hospital. You're going to go right to the emergency room tonight. And that's essentially what I did. I went home. I had a bath with, like, warm bath water and uh, salts because that's about, you know, what I was kind of the only thing that gave me any relief. And, uh, yeah, and then he got got the phone call. He said, come on down, you know. And then I went to the hospital, emergency room. People have been in the emergency room. They know what that's all about. It's always a ton of fun. And they immediately put me on um, an IV drip of saline solution. Because you were dehydrated from... Oh, yeah. yeah, I was very dehydrated.
0: He, he was an absolute skeleton. It was scary. I actually thought he was going to die. I mean, it was. he went to pick me up at the airport. He could barely walk. He was so emaciated. It was just an absolutely terrifying experience.
2: I felt like I aged 40 years. I... Couldn't walk like I, you know, I used to walk the five or ten minute walk to the store, you know, like all the time. And about a week prior to that, I did the last walk that I did. And I remember a neighbor of ours who's since deceased, who was in his eighties and uh, known for his walking, but uh, you know, in eighties, in his eighties, I remember seeing him at the store, and I'd actually never ever talked to him before, and we were talking. And we'd over frozen fish or something weird like that. And then I remember, you know, he got his fish and then he just took off down the aisle. And then I took off behind him and then he kind of left me in the dust. And I was like, wow, I'm not doing good. Anyhow, but uh, the hospital, it, uh, it seemed to fix me right up because, uh, you know, the saline. I think just finally having my problem acknowledged and dealt with and I kind of... Gave up at that moment, you know, I was like, okay, now I'm here in the industrial medical complex and I hadn't been before. So I wasn't disillusioned, like do your best. Right. So how long were you in the hospital? I was in the hospital for one week. I had actually a, um, because it was my very first time, I had a fairly miraculous recovery. You know, basically I went in the hospital emergency room, um, IV saline solution. And then they gave me an IV hydrocortisone drip. And that started to work right away on dealing with the inflammation. And then the very next morning, I was uh, sent down to the bowels pardon the pun of the base of the hospital where uh, I went to a windowless room with the lots of uh, expensive looking equipment and lights and things like that. I was uh, scoped also. Not fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as my doctor said, there were no awards medals for bravery. And uh, anyhow, I wasn't given a belt of whiskey and a bullet to bite, but I did get a warm, wet cloth on my forehead, which kind of helped. As soon as that was done, though, and I was on the little gurney going back up to my room, I immediately started to feel a lot better. I think because that was so horrible, and I can't imagine anything <laughs> even worse. You are like, thank God, this is done. And uh, yeah, so anyhow, then I was in the hospital for a week, so say another five or six days,
1: um, and I just uh, I started to slowly get better, or fairly quickly actually get better. Let me ask your wife a question, Jane. How different was he from the time he entered the hospital till the time he left?
0: Uh, he was fully recovered. It was pretty... Well, he seemed really good, but I, I'm thinking ahead as you're talking because we've been dealing with this for about three years now. So the first time he was treated, it was amazingly successful. It's been in the time since that then it's been so problematic because there is no cure for colitis. There are just uh, just an incredible, incredible amount of treatments... So we were hoping that this was a one-time thing. Some lucky people just have one acute incident. But as we were to learn later, it keeps on coming back.
2: Yeah. When I was in the hospital, they gave me the IV drip. And that's kind of an industrial-strength amount of cortisone. And, and it's, you know, it's not taking a pill that you know, absorbed very well you know, straight to you. And I'd never had the stuff before, so my body reacted pretty well to it. When I got out of the hospital a week later, I was still by no means great, but compared to when I went in, I was. And then it, I, you know, the doctor said, Oh, take like two or three months off work. Well, that doesn't happen in my world, but I did take about three weeks off, vegetate at home, and it was actually quite wonderful. I was kind of one of these people, like, uh, you know, a near death survivor. I had this like old new outlook on life. I felt very positive. Maybe I just enjoyed being lazy at home, watching every single episode of Breaking Bad from fr- start to finish.
1: When you were at home, and uh, you were you eating normally?
2: Yes, because then I transferred from, I couldn't keep the IV stuff up, so I was given a, a drug called prednisone, which is an old school drug. Uh, it's actually quite affordable uh, if you have to pay for it. But it was developed many decades ago. Isn't that the drug that gives you the moon face? You yes. Can, you, get, you, get a lot of, you gain a lot of weight. I have mixed feelings about prednisone.
0: You're on it right now, I think. Aren't you?
2: As far as I'm concerned, and I'm not an expert on these things, but uh, you know, other than anecdotally of my own self, I feel like it is the only prescription drug that actually has had a noticeable effect on my body.
1: But you don't have the moon face.
2: I don't right now, and I am currently on it. Okay. I, I'm tapering, though, and so I'm not on a full dose of it. Okay. Um, thank you for saying I know the moon face too. Yeah. I did get all moon faced and weird the the first few times. I've been on it more than once. It has a lot of bad side effects. I. Such as? Well, it has the most of the bad side effects, supposedly, are long term side effects. You know, if you're on it for a long term period, you can develop them. I don't think that I personally developed any of those, but I. And I'm not 100% sure exactly what they all are, but, you know, eyesight problems and so on and so forth. But short-term side effects, it definitely stimulates your appetite. So you get very hungry, which is a good thing for someone like me that lost a lot of weight. It can make you a little aggressive, which uh, can be when you're not feeling well and you're Mm on. It's hard to say, like, is it the drugs that make me feel this way? Or do I just feel this way because I feel this way? (laughs) Because you don't feel good. The other side effects, and these ones are ones that I did have, it gives you these weird, from time to time, joint pains. I don't know how to describe it exactly, but it's kind of like a Charlie horse or something like that. But in parts of your body that you're not used to having them, and they can be quite painful and sort of dehabilitating. But they don't last, at least in my case, they didn't necessarily last very long.
0: For us, it's hard to say what side effect it is connected to which drug because he's been on so many drugs in combination oh, yeah. that we can't really isolate them.
2: Yeah, I've been on a whole pu- pu- sometimes drugs. he's
0: on at least five drugs all at one time and so we can't isolate which drug is causing the problem but I mean we've had trips to the emergency room where he's sitting for eight hours waiting to see a doctor because some of the side effects are arthritis symptoms and then he's with colitis having to use an ER bathroom for eight hours straight, and what we haven't even brought up yet is the fact that he also has recurring C. difficile, which is very serious, and all that time sitting waiting in an emergency room, since C. difficile tends to be a hospital superbug, not sure if you're familiar with it, that's Mm -hmm. identical symptoms to colitis, that complicates his uh, situation further.
1: It's interesting. I'm wondering, uh, I'm thinking about uh, when you were telling the story about the fact that you got... Colitis, ulcerative colitis later in life. I'm wondering what causes it. Could it be something? Could it be a bug? Could it be a germ? Because it's, it's an inflammatory condition yeah. within your bowel. Like I say, the uh, experts, there's little finger quotations there, don't uh,
2: know what causes it. Uh, some people will say they do. I myself, diet, I believe, plays a role. I have to say, though, that uh, I've gone through these flares. Where you get worse, and then you go into remission, or in my case, sometimes it's not a full remission, but it's basically, I'm either getting better or getting worse, right? I'm coming in or coming out of it. I've found that lots of times when I'm getting better, I'm eating unhealthy. (laughs) I don't know how to describe it, but I think... Is that right? Exactly.
0: When we go on diets where we're uh, no wheat, no dairy, no sugar, cooking from scratch, it has no effect, I'm sad to say, and that...
2: It can actually have a negative effect, when too.
0: Yeah, I know, because when you got I... really sick, you were eating raw juices, and your body couldn't handle it, but he actually, when you go in the hospital, they tell you to go on a low-residue diet, which is very unhealthy. It's things like mac and cheese. I would love it for it to be diet-related. Mm-hmm. I can control a, a health issue. I have prediabetes through diet, but unfortunately... We have not seen success with diet. Some doctors say it can be viral. It's, it's a gut flora issue. My husband wasn't breastfed as a child. Um, he was on antibiotics a lot as a young person. I think those are definite factors, but they, they haven't been able to pinpoint any one specific thing.
2: I would also say genetics probably plays a role. Some people are just susceptible to it that way, and other people probably aren't. I can't prove that. Stress plays a role. And I do think that... Stress does play a role. Oh, and well, see, now, stress, yes, definitely plays a role. The doctors, and I would agree with the doctors on this, they say that stress does not cause it, but it can trigger it. You know, it can kind of push you over the edge. And and I've even noticed that, too, when I've been carefully monitoring my situation. and like, where am I in this flare? Am I in remission? Am I getting better or getting worse? And I've had times where I'm getting better, getting better, getting better. Everything's going great. And then I have this extremely stressful event in my life, and, ooh, backwards we go sometimes it's only just a temporary
1: blip but sometimes it's not have you tried uh taking probiotics at all i do take probiotics okay Uh, do they help
2: i haven't noticed them to help and i did actually meet with an infectious disease specialist doctor in vancouver who's highly regarded and he told me straight point blank that they're useless that's his opinion so you get different opinions from different people.
1: I have many doctors, and they're not all in accordance with each other. Well, I, I know. I, ju- I just find the, the, the medical profession today, and uh, doctors are going to hate me for this. Uh, if you have a trauma injury, they're wonderful. They're absolutely wonderful. But if you want to be healthy, mm-hmm. stay away from them. Yeah, oh, for sure. Because they all they do primarily pill push push pills, Mm -hmm. and uh, like you, the pills you've been on. Jane said you've been on five different pills. I've been Uh, on more at one time. I've interviewed people whose kids are three and four years old have been on a dozen pills. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They get side effects from one, so they're on another pill to prevent the side effects from the first batch, and they get side effects from the second batch, so they get another pill to prevent the side effects from the second batch. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. No, I know. That's been my situation. Have you ever tried cannabis? (laughs) Yeah. As a medicine for my condition, or just have I ever had it? No, as as a medicine. Medical cannabis, as opposed to going out and smoking a joint. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about that. Yes, I have.
2: And um, I would have to say that uh, it was not part of my treatment. Uh, It was not brought up by my doctors. It's never been broached by my doctors. I've never asked, and they've never offered an opinion. I kind of know what their opinion will be because doctors tend to be Uh, narrow-minded, I suppose, specialists as they are, and they only believe in something that's been peer-reviewed by their fellow people Mm -hmm. in their league, and uh, they won't, like, so like diet, for instance, they don't talk about, they might give it a little lip service, like, sure, eat some healthy, happy food, but uh, lots of times I've had them say that you should be clear to eat whatever you want, blah, blah, blah. They tend to be very conservative with, and, and I understand it. I mean, they're professionals, and this is their profession, and they don't want to kind of, you know, they're not dietitians or nutritionists. They're gastroes in my case, and so that's what they know, and uh, so they're not going to talk about what they don't know. And so, cannabis being a unique drug that's been prohibited for years has not had many uh, peer studies, peer-reviewed studies done on it. I mean, nowadays things are changing, but uh, people are catching up on that. So, I have kind of put my hands in the faith of or put my body in the faith of the medical system. And I went through the whole thing with them and, uh, their drugs are pretty impressive in terms of what they cost and things like that. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the whole thing that goes around it. And so uh, the placebo effect is apparently a wonderful thing. And so I was kind of like, well, you know what, if I just throw my hands, give it up to them and these expensive drugs, it should work, right? Trust the experts. Anyhow, it uh, yeah, it just didn't really work for me for a long time. I mean, I've 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 been in the last three years. I've probably had about four months total, not all in one go, where I've been normal. And I and when I say normal, I don't mean like normal like you are normal. I mean like I can kind of function normally. I'm Mm -hmm. still not one hundred percent. Like I'm like say ninety five percent or ninety. But the rest of the time, I've been not normal. And uh, there's been times when it's been really bad. Did the cannabis help you at all? Well, so here's what happened. So, okay. So at, at the worst, lowest point, it was about a year ago, uh, October or so, I was just really bad. It was just, I think I also had the C diff at the same time. And uh, at that time, and it was just, it was bad. Uh, you know, so, it was so painful. I couldn't even really sit down, you know, and it was just constant pain spasming. You know, it just, it's hard to think, you know, I'm trying to work, But Mm -hmm. I can't think because I'm just in pain all the time. It just bugs me. And so I have a good friend. And uh, anyhow, he knew somebody who had pot cookies, also for a medical condition. And unfortunately, that person had passed away. Or he knew somebody who knew somebody. And he ended up with a bunch of them. And uh, he brought them over and gave them to me. And I had these cookies. And for the record, I've had pot cookies in the past Mm -hmm. for non-medicinal reasons. So I understand Mm -hmm. the effects and so on and so forth. And they're not child's play. They can be pretty strong. These were pretty strong. I definitely uh, was stoned, but the one thing is that they did give me relief. I could sit down. It seemed to calm my body down, like uh, I, mm-hmm. the insides. It just, you know, it feels like every. It, it, I, I'm feeling pretty good right now. Just also for the record, but when you're not feeling good, it's just it feels like your insides are just they're just attacking you. They're like they're spasming. They're they're just super active. You know, you, you're up. Running to the bathroom multiple times a night, eighteen times a day, eighteen Some, times a day, Jane. Well,
0: oh. it is up to eighteen
2: times a day. Well, sometimes when it's really bad, it's worse. I mean, I might go like five times, you know, in a row. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not having you know big truck driver bowel mm-hmm. movements. Yeah, but uh, you, know, I'm just I have to go, and you know, you literally run. Like I don't know how people that can't uh, run yourself. do it. Yeah, and uh, you know, diapers don't work when you have diarrhea. That's all I know. But uh, anyhow. Yeah, so these cookies, I took them. Like I said, they got me really, really stoned. These were not medicinal. Pers- I mean, I don't know what the makeup of them was. I think they were THC cookies because I got really yeah,
1: stoned. If you got stoned, yeah, it's yeah. high THC. Yeah. yeah,
2: So, but it gave me relief. It was the only thing that gave me relief. I was even on T3s and things like that, and it would make me dopey and weird. Um, mm-hmm. But apparently those are not good for your stomach and for people that are on colitis,
1: but my GP prescribed it. T three is what? Tylenol. Tylenol three. T- tylenol 3. Yeah. yeah T3. But like
0: prescription grade.
1: Yeah, they're pretty rough in your liver too. I
2: think. Yeah. Well, yeah. I wasn't drinking any alcohol or anything like that. So mm-hmm. at this point, so. Uh, but
0: I think you should probably talk about your your night sleep because that was. Yeah. Huge.
2: So anyhow, I would take this stuff and it would just it would just help me. Yeah, it would help me get through the night. Like I could actually go to bed and sleep. Because that's the other thing too. Like <laughs> especially when you have a chronic condition like this, and you're up. Seven or eight times in the middle of the night. You're exhausted the next morning. Yeah, it's like I just gave birth to a newborn and I've been breastfeeding, which I never have, but mm-hmm. uh, my wife has. You know, and uh, yeah, you're just exhausted. You never end for months on for end. For about
0: six months in a row, Jason would get up every hour to go to the bathroom, at least. Mm-hmm. He never slept for more than one hour at a time. So the level of sleep deprivation was, was absolutely crazy. Yeah. And then
1: that affects you as well, doesn't it? Oh,
0: I was up with him the whole time. Yeah. But then that's how we got into the cannabis oil that you know he can tell you about. But that was that was the that was the absolute only thing that worked for sleep. And we were just given prescription after prescription after prescription.
1: The cannabis oil. None of them worked. Yeah, the cannabis oil you took later. Yeah, later, uh,
2: including now, Mm -hmm. um, uh, I've graduated, you know, upgraded because uh, I just got these cookies from a friend, right? And now, you know, circa 2016 now in Victoria there's has been an explosion of these medical pot shops and so on and so forth and I finally was brave enough to darken the door of one of them and uh, tell them, hey, I've got colitis blah 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 and uh, anyhow, I've been getting uh, what they call Rick Simpson oil you've probably heard of it, yeah. you probably know all about it here um, I would take that or I do take that, and it's um, it's definitely not for daytime use. At least for me, something you can build up a tolerance to it. But uh, I find I take that, I go to bed, and I can sleep through the night. And then when I run out of it, and I don't uh, get more, a, you know, because sometimes you know, after a while, when you when you're taking a drug or whatever, and it's making you feel better, and you feel better after a while, you forget that you're taking a drug, and you just think you're better, and then. You just forget to take your drugs sometimes when you run out of them, and and then you get not better again. You're like, oh, wait a second.
1: One of the things you can do with uh, Rick Simpson oil, a cannabis oil, is put it in the capsule and take it as a suppository, and then you don't get high. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I did not know that. Yeah, you, you don't get high. So a lot of people who don't like getting high, the psychoactive effect, Take it as a suppository, hmm. interesting and that way try. you can take it uh, maybe two, three times a day. Hmm. Get the benefits out of it without getting the high and getting stoned.
2: Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. Uh, that would probably work for me now because I'm doing relatively good. The, the other, you know, I was also given suppositories, medical suppositories, you know, salafalk and a bunch of other ones.
1: Didn't can... the doctor also tell you to take Metamucil? Yes, <laughs> which I think is probably the worst thing you could tell tell someone who has bowel issues. It was awful. Yeah, yeah, and that's a gastro doctor that told me that. Yeah,
2: well respected. Oh,
0: you were so ill.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've been taking all sorts of crazy stuff. We tried
0: everything, and just it's hilarious because the the medical marijuana is not cheap, but yet. Jason is getting this IV drug every month that is $3,000 a month.
2: That's actually 3789 And
0: we don't notice any effect from it. Yeah, zero. So it's just kind of funny because all the, he's on easily $4,000 worth of medication per month that we notice no effect, none. But the, the medication oil. that he buys privately, which isn't covered is the absolute only thing that worked. And the only diet thing that worked is, I will backtrack, bone broth. Mm-hmm. I will say, yes. when I'm making a lot of homemade soups with bone broth, he's able to absorb, because a big thing with colitis and IBD is you are not able to absorb nutrients. And so bone broth is very bioavailable. But really, that's the only dietary thing.
1: The reason I asked about the cannabis oil, because about three weeks ago, I interviewed a woman in Regina, who had Crohn's disease for 25 years, and she said she spent more time in the hospital when her kids were growing up than she did with her kids. Mm -hmm. 25 years of pain, and it was just awful. So this year, in January of this year, I believe, she started taking cannabis oil, and she went back to her gastroenterologist, and uh, he said, You're fine. I don't want to see you for another six months. And so what she did is she opened up her own cannabis shop in Regina wow. and sells the product because it, because it is the only thing that has worked for her to combat Crohn's disease. And they did a study in uh, Israel a number of years ago with uh, Crohn's patients. 50% of them went into remission with cannabis oil. 25 of the remainder uh, had relief of their symptoms. Mm. So it's... That is definitely more of an improvement than any medication that you've been on. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, and and even the the you know these expensive you know fancy medications that I'm on they never have this really high uh remission rate you know it's always like 25% or 30 or 40% maybe 40% and you're like oh great what yeah. <laughs> are my chances are here i would say definitely that i haven't been put in remission as of yet by the camps but i've definitely had symptom improvement sleep. over at sleep which is a huge one and i haven't i, I will definitely try your suppository mm-hmm. idea cuz i didn't think that was the thing. The one other thing that I've have been doing, and of course you're super well aware of this, is the CBD, yep. which has the non psychoactive properties. Um so I've I've flirted with it a bit. I you know, I tried it, I you know it, they also sell it via the needle oral needle that you can have
1: like an oil. The C B D oil, you can get C B D oil made from uh, marijuana or hemp. And mm-hmm. if it's made from hemp yeah, it, hemp has a very, very low THC component in it. Yeah. Because I take uh, CBD capsules now that have three and a half milligrams of CBD and three milligrams of THC. I take them two or three times a day, mm-hmm. and I don't no- notice any effect from the THC at all.
2: Really? Well, I've heard that the CBD actually counteracts the yeah. THC. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so I took this. I, I, I flirt. I'm... You know, I've read lots of great things about it and so on and so forth, but it's not free. It's not covered by PharmaCare or any of that. No. You got a payout pocket and it's another drug that I take and I don't feel any effects like, uh, when I take the THC stuff. So you kind of wonder like, well, you know, is it really working or not? I don't know. And, but the reality is, is that it probably is working and I just haven't given it the time. You know, all these other expensive drugs that, uh, the medical industrial complex likes to shove down my throat they don't work, but then they say, well, we have to give it time but you know, Remicate or, yeah. uh, Humera takes three months before it kicks in and, you know, so on and so forth. And it's like the one I'm on right now, um, and Tivio, you know, I've been on it for almost a year and it still hasn't kicked in, <laughs> but,
1: uh, so are you trying to wean yourself off these drugs?
2: Yes, I have been. I've just uh, kind of done myself down to the expensive infusion once a month. And then I'm on my doctor. Well, I have a couple of them. They're big fans of what they call combination therapy. So they don't want you doing it by itself. They want you to be on that drug and another drug, usually Imuran. I did try Imran. That's a devil drug for me. It did my body no favors. It had some horrible side effects. Nausea, like throwing up. I don't even know how to describe it. It was almost
0: I, like a paralysis.
2: I would have these crazy chest pains. Oh, I, it'd give me lots of arthritis-type mm-hmm. symptoms, and then I would have these really crazy chest pains. I, I've never had a heart attack before, but I imagine this is what a heart attack feels like. You're lying in bed, and you're wondering, like, Am I gonna get out of this bed? I mean, so I I had to shut that one down. I said, you know, I can't take this drug. This is the side effects are just too insane for me. Other people I know that do take it and it's okay. Now I'm on a different drug called methotrexate, which uh, I've heard of that. It's for
0: people who have cancer,
2: usually. Yeah, I'm on a lower dose and I take it once a week. And uh, the doctors plural, um, both well I only have two but uh, they feel that this combo therapy stuff is way more effective than just taking because the drugs that I'm on these expensive ones are called biologics Uh, they're, they're you know they're known under Humira Remicade and the one I'm on right now it's the newer one the new poster child
1: Intivio um So the pharmaceutical industry really has the medical profession wrapped up.
0: (laughs) Well, and the thing is, is they're not even effective. If they were effective, we would think, well, they're probably carcinogens and have a lot of really bad side effects. But... We need to live our lives. But they're not effective. The In my case, thing,
2: they're not effective. They might be effective for other people. Uh, the
0: the next step for us, and I don't know if this is too off topic, but because he has recurring C. diff, which is connected to irritable bowel disorders, is we're going to have a series of fecal transplants. Mm-hmm. And for us, we believe this is less invasive and less dangerous and some people may think of it as very toxic, but I think it's it's an amazing, and I think it's the science of the future.
1: Yeah, I've heard of that, and I, and I I tend to agree with you.
2: Yeah. About. So I'm pretty curious to have that. I have that uh, scheduled to be happening soon. Uh, the doctor is uh, new to Victoria, and going to she's going this particular doctor is going to be the first person doing it here. But they're still awaiting approval, so it's still kind of a new thing, at least in Victoria. So currently, yes, I'm on this antivio drug, I'm on this methotrexate, and that's where I've kind of, I've tried to like, I was on a whole cocktail of drugs before, and I felt like uh, the one drug was just treating the symptom of the other one, and, and I didn't really feel like that there was a, I didn't feel like, you know, it's like a, there's like a game going on and there's a coach, right? And the coach manages the players. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got like multiple coaches, but they're not talking with each other, you know? And I felt yeah. like... One's prescribed me a drug, another's prescribing me a drug, and then I talk to the pharmacist, and they say, do it this way, and I feel, and at one point, you know, you're just on all these drugs, and you're like, what's going on here? Like, does anybody know, does the left hand know what the right hand's doing? And so I've wanted to get off all these drugs, because I've never been on prescription drugs my entire life. Before this
0: happened, Jason was incredibly healthy, and just to give you a background, he installs granite for a living, so he's... A very healthy, strong person. This was mm-hmm. absolutely out of nowhere.
2: Yeah. So I've been wanting to wean it down to just the bare minimum. So I'm like, okay, I'll stick with this infusion and I'll stick with the methotrexate because it doesn't give me any noticeable side effects. I kept on getting this uh, C. diff. It's uh, very similar and uh, it's because I have a weakened microbiome it's a big word there, an, uh, immune, system. an immune system, that I am uh, susceptible to it. So it's kind of like a down, it's not a good thing. And it's hard, and because the symptoms are so the same as colitis or Crohn's, it's really hard to determine it and so on and so forth. And I've now had it four different times, at least confirmed four different times. I've probably had it more and longer. And so we've been trying to fight my colitis, but maybe the C. diff is my problem. You know, and anyhow, we need to... Get rid of one before we can get rid of the other, yeah. I guess. And so now that's what I've finally hooked up with the infectious disease person, so on and so forth, and we're going to try these transplants. And so I'm, I'm really hopeful for that. But uh, when I met the guy, he said, uh, you know, you need to be doing
1: better before we do this to you. You know, you, I don't want to treat you if you're in a flare. Well, do you know how we'll get you better? We'll, we'll find some cannabis oil for you <laughs> and uh, high CBD. Yeah. And uh, we'll see if that works and g- give it some time. Anything you'd like to say in conclusion, either Jason or Jane?
0: Well, it, you know, as the wife of someone who has been very ill for three years and was just a very hearty, healthy person, it's really been awakening to, to me, and I have a lot less trust, to be very very frank, with the experts. Because we are seeing people who are absolutely at the top of their field, highly educated, very articulate. And my husband continues to be incredibly ill. I also think it's, I have my own opinion of the Canadian healthcare system. I, I'm, I'm American. I'm very healthy. I mean, I'm very happy that we have universal care here. I don't take that for granted, but the way we've been treated is unacceptable. There are times where we have just been in incredible pain for months, and a specialist says, I have an appointment four months from now. Mm-hmm. The system is incredibly taxed. And secondly, there's no accountability in terms of pharmaceuticals. Uh, my employer an insurance company are paying over four thousand dollars a month for these treatments that are absolutely not working.
1: And you could take uh, you could take four hundred four thousand dollars worth of cannabis oil. You could buy that, mm-hmm. and I I can't say I guarantee you, but I guarantee you'll at least feel better. Yes, and yeah,
2: you know. I would agree because I mean, basically, it's been the only thing that I have taken, and I can say this honestly that has actually given me relief. Of symptoms. Like I said, it hasn't cured me because I still have from time to time, but it is truly the only thing. You know. And and we've
0: probably been on over twenty medications, thirty. Like if I was gonna make a list for you, I didn't have time. We you should see our medicine cabinet. It's like the medicine cabinet of someone who is eighty seven and in a nursing home.
1: I don't have a blister pack yet. Well, I appreciate you coming in. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. Thank you for that wonderful tip. It's uh, Jason and Jane. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of Cannabis Health Radio.
2: You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website,
0: CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other
1: shows. Tune into a major journey podcast today, where guests take listeners on journeys and immerse themselves in the roller coaster ride both in and out of the cannabis space that brought them to where they are today. Throughout our conversations, guests share valuable lessons that they've learned along the way that listeners can use to empower growth both in their personal and professional lives. Check out a major journey today on all major podcast platforms.